If you don't take anything else with you today, I trust that you'll take that song. Uh, you are a child of God. That's who you are. All right? Regardless of whether somebody thinks you're the best thing since sliced bread or whether they think you're the heel that's nasty and moldy, <laughs> you are a child of God, and you're who he says you is. You is, you are, yeah. English was never my strength, but it is my first language. My only language, for that matter. <laughs> a two-way street. Uh, just a little bonus. That is not it, but I chose that slide today um, because it looks remarkably similar to my dad's driveway for the 20 years he lived in the UP. And as I was looking for a background, I just thought, ah, lots of memories there. <coughs> To some of you, uh, Ron Owens is that guy who sits at the end of the hall at the entrance to Children's Church every week and who gives the message once in a while. To others of us, he is a whole lot more. On a personal level, I recently told someone that if it were not for Ron's influence in my life, I'm rather confident I would not have remained in pastoral ministry for over 40 years. His input and support have had a profound influence on my life and my leadership. It was during an LBA meeting many years ago as we discussed some sensitive issue. I have no clue now what the issue was, but several of the members had expressed their views. Then when it was Ron's turn to speak, he started by saying, I feel strongly both ways. In the years since that moment, I cannot begin to tell you how many times that phrase has been repeated. I share that with you today because when it comes to delivering a Father's Day message, I generally feel strongly both ways. On the one hand, I think the message should be focused on celebrating all that is good and honorable about fatherhood. On the other hand... I think the message should be directed towards encouraging fathers to actively lean into all that is involved in the high calling and responsibilities of fatherhood. Striking some balance between a pet on the back and a kick in the pants. While I may not succeed, since I do feel strongly both ways, I'm going to try and do a little bit of both today. As I've told you probably countless times before, the first three books of the New Testament were written by three different men who lived and served closely with Jesus for a number of years. As a result, when the Holy Spirit inspired them to record their experiences, there were some obvious areas of overlap. But as you might expect, sometimes even though they're telling similar stories, they each give their own unique spin. And I just want to touch, you probably see on the slide there, I'm going to say, read a little bit from our verse from Matthew, one from Mark, and one from Luke. Matthew and Mark, I'm quoting from an experience when John the, Bapti John the Baptist was baptizing Jesus. And they both were present, we believe, not sure, but they both tell the story, but they say it, just a little bit different depending upon the translation. 
And then Luke, as he recorded his version of the life and times of Jesus, he tells a story later on about what's called the Mount of Transfiguration. And this was a time when Jesus took three of his closest followers and went up on a mountain, and there was a miraculous moment where Jesus was standing there with some of the forefathers of the faith. And Luke shares a quote from that experience, which, interestingly enough, Luke wasn't there for that. So his account is secondhand. But again, it's very, very similar to what Matthew records and what Mark records, and that's why I chose to use them. I just want to talk about a few things, things that dads need to say and to hear. That's the two-way street. Dads need to say some of this stuff, but most dads need to hear some of this stuff. And so I'll start with Matthew. As Jesus was being baptized and he came up out of the water, Matthew records, and a voice from heaven said, This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. This is my son whom I love. With him I am well pleased. Now in this context, as Matthew records it, it's addressed to others. It's saying to those who are within earshot of this moment, those gathered around, he's saying, that's my boy. And now some of us as dads, we've had those experiences where we say, that's my child. And then maybe we've had other times where we say, whose kid is that? (laughs) You know, I'm just saying But I can tell you, children need to hear. Yeah, that's my child. I remember ages ago, we're talking nearly a lifetime ago, when we were first getting settled in Albion, one of the things we did was have a church softball team. And at the time, I was a fairly good ball player. And many people in town knew me more in that context than they did in this context for better or for worse. Well, when it came time for my daughters to begin to demonstrate their athletic prowess, one of them was playing t-ball. And as she wandered around the field wearing her ball glove on her head, (laughs) oblivious to everything else that was going on, people who knew me wouldn't let that die. (laughs) Yeah, she's mine. In all of her athletic glory, she's mine. This is my son, whom I love. A public declaration. Yes, that's my child. And yes, I love them. And then the latter part. With him, I am well pleased. A celebration of acceptance. Dads, our sons and daughters need to hear this from us regardless of their age. And can I just say, trust me, many of you know my journey. You don't have to be pleased with everything they do 
in order to be pleased, they are your child. And they need to know that. And they need to hear that. At the same time, sons and daughters, our dads need to hear this from us. Yep, that's my dad. Even when he shows up at church wearing shorts and dark socks and his moccasins. Sorry, Todd. (laughs) Yep, that's my dad. Trust me, I lived through those seasons of life, and I probably still am in those seasons. Or at times, my daughters are less than proud to say, oh, yeah, he's mine, all mine. (sighs) But you know what? Dads need to hear. Yep, that's my dad. Yes, he may make me crazy at times, but I love him. You don't have to be pleased with everything they do. In order to be pleased, they help bring you into this world. And trust me, as I prayed with the worship team, I get that even in this small gathering, our dads probably cover the full continuum from dads who were just amazing to dads who were a lot less, perhaps even dads who were downright hurtful. But I can tell you, dads need to hear it. Mark put it just a little bit differently. Mark records, a voice came from heaven, you are my son whom I love. With you, I am well pleased. I trust you caught the shift to making it personal and addressing the son or addressing the daughter. Instead of saying to the world, yep, they're mine. It's, yes, you are mine. You are my child. A deeply personal connection. Excuse me. Trying to sneeze here. You are my child, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. Now, some of us may find the first version a little easier than getting up close and personal and saying, you are my child, whom I love. With you, I'm well pleased. But I can tell you, dads, our sons and daughters need to hear this from us regardless of their age i've told you before it's really hard for me to preach on father's day without it end up being a therapy session for me Um, but but i've told you before i'm 65 years old i have a college education i have many years of leadership and interpersonal experience But when I get around my dad, I become an imbecile and incompetent. (laughs) I just can't seem to do anything right. Now, I'm not implying that he doesn't own me, doesn't love me, doesn't accept me. But I am saying that to emphasize, it's 65. I still need to hear, you are my son, whom I love. 
with whom I'm well pleased, even though you can't fix my bird feeder. Um, <laughs> dads, our kids need to hear it. Sons and daughters, dads need to hear it. Undoubtedly, your fathers have not gotten everything right. They may not have gotten much right at all. But they need to understand. They need to hear that you own them, warts and all. Hair coming out of their ears and all. (laughs) Fashion choices and all. Computer illiteracy and all. You are my son. You are my parent whom I love, with whom, with you, I am well pleased. And then in a totally different context, Luke records virtually the same thing. There is this divine moment where God is doing something that transcends time and space as we understand it. And Luke hears from someone who was present something very similar to what took place when Jesus was baptized. There are countless theories on what took place and why they said it almost the same thing at different times. I don't need to understand it to take some meaning from it. This is my son. Again, a declaration in a divine moment of connection. This is my son. Now, again, just imagine... If you're standing there in this just mind-blowing moment and you hear a voice from heaven saying something, i got to believe it gets your attention. But it's equally powerful when we speak it. A declaration of connection. And then there's a decision when when it says, whom I have chosen, a decision to be connected by choice and not just by biology. And just chew on that for a minute. Some of us in blended families, we have that option of saying, I'm choosing to be in relationship with you. But those of us who are connected by biology, to still say, yes, I know we're genetically related, but I choose to be in a relationship with you that transcends biology, that is more than biology. And the beauty of that, considering what we just sang, is God says that to all of us. Our Heavenly Father chose not just Jesus. He chose all of us. That's just a bonus thought. But a decision to be connected by choice. And and then he ends it slightly different this time. First, the affirmation, yep, that's my son. I'm choosing to be in relationship with him. And then he says, listen to him. Let others see your affirmation and respect that you have for your son or for your daughter. Let others see the affirmation and respect you have for your parents. Again, I'm old enough that I've been down the journey. You know, I've been that journey of thinking my dad knew everything, to thinking he didn't know anything, to thinking he knows everything. 
I've been there. All along the way, we need to understand that regardless of their age, our sons and daughters need to hear us say that they add value. They need to hear that. Some of you may be in that season of life where you think the only kids your things your kids are good at is making a mess and making trouble. All right. But trust me. Looking around. I think I've met your kids. All right. And I'm confident they've all got something going for them. Trust me. They do. Something where you can say they add value. Again, I made a wisecrack about technology. Some of you are at that point, like me, where it's like, hand it to my grandkids. Here, you figure this out for me. Now, there are a lot of things I would like to help them figure out that they don't want to hear, but that's another story for another day. I remember one of those moments for me, and some of you have heard me say this before. Diana's father, Leroy, was a man who was really, really good at mechanical stuff. I am not. And he was relentless in reminding me of that. Not in a malicious way, but in a factual way. And I remember the day when the family was preparing to go somewhere. And he came to me and asked me to help him tie his tie. I was like, oh, so you don't know everything. You can't fix everything. That affirmation that, yeah, I'm good for something anyway. His words of appreciation when I did the memorial service for his father. Realized I still couldn't fix an engine. But I did add some value somewhere in life. Sons and daughters, regardless of their age, our dads need to hear us say that they add value. They may seem incredibly self-assured, but I'm pretty confident they would still like to hear it. This is my son. This is my daughter. This is my dad whom I'm choosing to be in relationship with. Listen to them sometimes because they know a thing or two that might, no, that will enrich your life. Some bonus content. More things dads need to say and to hear. Going to cook through these pretty quickly. And they're just common sense stuff that just need to be said once again. Please forgive me. Friends, if we just stop for a moment, the issue is not whether or not we will mess up. The issue is how do we respond when that takes place. Unfortunately, too many of us, parents and sons and daughters, Surrender to our own stubborn pride and self-centeredness and simply refuse to admit it when we mess up. More times than I care to admit, I would lose perspective. 
and go humbly to my daughters and say, I'm sorry. I spoke to you. I responded. I reacted in a way that was inappropriate. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. And I just put this out there. Just pause for a moment and think, if I knew the end of my earthly life was imminent, is there anyone I would want to humbly approach and say, please forgive me? Why wait? It's just out there. Why wait? Especially if it's your father, your mother, your children. Don't leave it unsaid. Which brings to the next one. I forgive you. The key issue addressed by this statement, how do we respond when those we love mess up? Because they're going to. When they blow it, when they cause us pain or cause pain to others, how do you respond? I can take a lot, but if you hurt my feelings, it's going to be a problem. Paul puts it this way in Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Yeah. How much have I hurt him? And how much does he forgive me? And as I, as I think about those two phrases, please forgive me and I forgive you, just because of how twisted our human nature can become, sometimes we can use I forgive you in a manipulative way, trying to get somebody to ask for forgiveness that they haven't offered. All right. Don't go there. But when it is appropriate, when someone asks for your forgiveness, just remember how Christ forgave you. That's especially hard when we're talking family relationships. At least for me it is. It's just simple. Thank you. Over the years, I have heard a vast number of fathers, mothers, husbands, wives, sons, and daughters express the sentiment that they feel that others in their family don't appreciate them or take them for granted. Now, I'm sure none of you have ever said anything even remotely like that, but but there are people out there who feel that way. It usually sounds something like this, and I'll put this in the dad context because it's Father's Day, just because I love you guys. sounds something like this. I work hard all day to put a roof over their heads, food on the table, gas in the car, clothes in their closet, and I never get a simple thank you. Now again, you guys have never said that, but your dads might have. What if each of us, moms, dads, sons, daughters, chose to turn the tables and lead the way in terms of creating a climate of thanksgiving in our homes, giving thanks to others. What if, 
And in my experience, you could have a family meeting. We used to have, anybody else have family meetings? We would have family meetings. I would sit in the chair, the pink chair, armchair, wing back with my legal pad, and we would have a family meeting because I had notes. When our kids came in and saw me sitting in that chair, I was like, oh, no, here we go again. To this day, I think they clench a little if they see me with a legal pad. But anyway, (laughs) you could have a family meeting and say, we're going to all give thanks more often. But in my experience, somebody just has to go first. Somebody has to go first and change the climate. Father's Day, dads, maybe we could go first. Philippians chapter 1, verse 3, Paul writes to his friends in the faith, and he says, I thank my God every time I remember you. Can you imagine what it would be like to have your parents say that to you? How it would make your child feel to have you say that to them? Even when I crash the car, you're thankful for me? Yes. (laughs) Why not? Take a moment and ask yourself the same question. If you knew your life was coming to an end, Who would you want to have hear you say thank you one more time? And then, you guys had to know I was going here. I love you. I simply want to challenge all of you, men, women, young, old, to remember that each and every day, this very moment right now, you are surrounded by people with a God-given yearning to be loved. To be told they are loved, to be shown that they are loved. Now, for some of you, this will be unnatural. But then again, isn't much of living as a Christ follower going against our original nature? Tell your children or tell your parents that you love them with your Focused, specific, sincere words. Now, it's no secret what season of life we are in. And Diana came home. I mean, we needed some outdoor chairs for baseball games. All right. It was right around Mother's Day. We needed two of them, interestingly enough, because there are two of us. We bought two chairs. At, we were at checkout, and I said, Happy Mother's Day, and she said, Happy Father's Day. She didn't need to go buy me something different to make me feel good. She came home from Family Fair one day this week and said, Sweetheart, I read the greatest Father's Day cards for you, and they were awesome, but I didn't spend the six bucks. And I said, Awesome. (laughs) All right. I didn't need a card. But this morning, as I was in my usual Sunday morning routine, sitting in my command center chair reviewing my notes, She came in, looked down in my face up close and personal, looked me in the eye and said, I'm really glad you're the father of my children. I love you. That's all I needed. Focused, specific, sincere words. Tell your children, tell your parents, you love them with intentional touch. 
it makes a difference. Meaningful touch, Leah. I saw that. <laughs> Patting Dean on the head may not be meaningful, but maybe it is. I don't know. But you know where I'm going. Tell your children, tell your parents, you love them with your focused attention and presence. I'm sorry I have to say this. I know I'm an old man. Sometimes you've got to put the phone down and just be with people. Maybe you text them, but if you're in the same room, you probably don't need to text them. You could just talk to them. Okay, maybe you're texting them to get in the same room. I don't know, but, I, but I'm just picking on the phone. But I'm saying sometimes you just have to be in the moment by choice and stay there for just a moment. Again, before you breathe your last breath, who would you want to look into their eyes one more time and say, I love you? Why do we wait? Pray with me. Father, what an amazing example you've set. As Kathleen said, you are the perfect example of a father. You looked at your son and said, that's my son. You are my son. I love you. I love you. And I am pleased that you're my son. And Father, we celebrate that today. We celebrate what that means to us. But we also want to allow that to permeate our lives and shape how we relate to one another. Father, I know there are those in this room who are not parents. I know there are those in this room whose whose parents has passed. But I know that all of us in this room are surrounded by people who need to say those things. And we're surrounded by people who need to hear those things. And we just ask that you would stir our hearts regardless of whether we're a father or not. Regardless of whether our fathers are living or our mothers are living. Help us understand. You've put us in community. And people need to hear these things. And we need to say them. Thank you, Father. Amen.